Amen. I wonder what comes to mind where you hear the two words, born again. Born again. For me, I was thinking about this week, for me it's... Um, it's, uh, it's I, I, in my mind, I just think of these Pentecostal, I'm sorry if you're from a Pentecostal background, which is, is brilliant, it's, it's great, but I've just got the kind of like American Pentecostal like men in suits dancing in a crazy fashion. Do you know the sort of, the sort of thing I'm in? <laughs> and I love that. And, um, uh, but in my mind, that's kind of what conjures up. So when every time I think of born again, I think of that, uh, which isn't always that helpful, but... Um, but it is, uh, it's funny, isn't it, how certain words can bring images to our mind. And born again are two simple words that, uh, that might mean a lot of things to, to each of us. They might mean different things to each one of us. Uh, but I wanted to just focus on that this evening. We're going to be looking at the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Um, and this idea of being born again. Because I think it's a fundamental truth that we have to understand. And not just only understand but really live it as well and take it to the core of our being. And so we're just going to dive into John 3. There's a very famous um, Bible verse in this passage, but we will go from chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness... So the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. And this is the very well-known uh, passage, John 3:16. For God so loved, or for God loved in this way, uh, the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Over the past couple of weeks, we have um, met this man called Nicodemus a few times. As part of the Chosen series, we've met him as uh, the Pharisee. Um, uh, he, he's cast the demons or tried to cast the demons out of Mary of Magdala and, and we've watched him grapple with the failure of that interaction 
And Nicodemus was a smart man. He uh, was a Pharisee, he's clever, he was a scholar. A Pharisee was somebody, was a scholar who studied uh, the Torah, that was the first five books of the Bible. And he, he, their job was to preserve the Jewish faith through tradition and religious behavior. He was a mem- member of the Sanhedrin, and that was a group of rabbis, about 70-something odd, uh, who formed a legal council, and they re- presided over legal issues. Nicodemus was a big deal. This is a big deal. Jesus talking to Nicodemus was a big deal. He was considered an expert of the Jewish law. And for the most part, he generally had, and they generally had, the support of the people. He's successful and respected. Uh, And I think this is really interesting. I kind of like wordplay. But um, uh, I didn't know this, but... His name even means so much. So Nico or Nico uh, in the Greek means people of victory. And Demos or Demos is the root where we get the word democracy from. So you really got in his own eyes and in the eyes of the world around him a victorious man. Oh, boom. Look at that. That's bang on cue. Well done. That's great. Thank you. A victorious man. And yet... As we've seen over the past few weeks, he is a man who is searching. He's come to Jesus at night, and he, he, he knows, there's something about you, Jesus. There's something about you, Jesus, that I have to know. I have to, I have to find out, well, what, who, who are you who can perform these miracles? You see, despite all the riches that he has, uh, that he enjoys, and the luxuries that he surrounds himself with, here is a man who is searching for more. He's seen the miracles that Jesus has performed and is performing, and he has to find out who is this Jesus. And maybe some of us can relate to that this evening. Perhaps you're uh, here, uh, and, and, and you're, you're thinking, who is this Jesus? Why did, either maybe somebody's going on about Jesus in your life, and they're like, would you leave me alone about this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? I think as a disciple or an apprentice of Jesus, and that's what we are, is, is to constantly ask that question. Who is this Jesus? In different stages of our lives, in the highs and the lows, who is this Jesus? When we're battling sickness, who is this Jesus and who, what does he stand for? Who is he to me now? Nicodemus has to know. And that's where we're going to pick up the first video this evening. Here's Nicodemus meeting Jesus at night. I would have so loved to have been in that, just on that balcony. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know we have um, the Spirit living in us, and we access to to God through prayer and and just just Him with us now. But I just would have loved to have been there in that moment to just listen. Even just, I don't know, in the house next door or something, just, I don't know, I don't know, eavesdrop maybe. There's so much that we could look at uh, in this, uh, in this uh, chapter. We've got serpents and snakes, miracles. Uh, we've got, um, apparently, um, <laughs> Nicodemus's lack of basic biology uh, or, or understanding of that. Um, it's so funny, isn't it? I mean, they... 
they, he pulls out the fact that his mother's dead, and that's what's going to be the problem of that. I just think it's like, <laughs> it's just bizarre. But um, I, I just, what a blessing this, this TV series is. Jesus has a challenge to Nicodemus. And you see that to the man who has so much in the eyes of the world, a victorious man, he is highlighting to him the one thing that he does not have. And that is relationship with God. A personal relationship with God the Father. And Nicodemus is a man who's well used to liturgical traditions, following the letter of the law, Despite all his presentation uh, and religious zeal, despite his commitment to staying as clean as he can from sin, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, it isn't enough. You who think you're so holy, you still don't get it. You see, none of the presentation of the religious leaders, none of the presentation that even we Uh, may put on whatever convince God that we're worth saving it's a free gift of his incredible grace I'm going to explain it in a slightly odd fashion uh, but you'll you will get there so just stick with me Um, imagine if you didn't shower for six months has anyone ever done that I'm glad I'm glad to hear that although I do wonder sometimes no um, (laughs) that's a joke um If you didn't shower for six months, you're going to smell pretty bad, aren't you? Okay, well, let's say then you haven't showered. It's six months later, you haven't showered. uh, And you go and buy the most incredible suit. I mean, we're talking Egyptian cotton lined with silk. um, You know, the sort of elegant. um, It's beautiful. The the colors are rich and uh, it's, it's embroidered. And the material is the most finest thing you'll ever see. And then you go out and spend a load of money on an amazing haircut to make yourself look like Harry Styles. You will look amazing. Everyone will say you look amazing. But guess what? You still haven't showered. No presentation will disguise the fact that you stink. (laughs) Sorry. I just, there's just a thing in here, I just, I feel it, because I just, I've, I feel like I've kind of like flirted with this line in the past of, of, of appearance and presentation, uh, and, and, it, and it can so often be a, uh, a distraction, and it can so often feel like we're doing the right thing and we're saying the right thing, but we're not actually getting to the, to, to the real, uh, we're not going to the place that we really need to go in order to understand God, to understand our sin, to understand our desperate, desperate need of a saviour. And so, uh, in a, you know, we've got to be so careful of the presentation, each and every one of us. We have to be so careful. It is such an easy trap. Whether it's liturgy or lights, both in which of themselves are great things, presentation, in brackets, religion, can be dressed in old and modern clothes. And we've got to be so careful. Guard yourself. Guard your hearts from the, the, from the temptation to present in a certain way, but to, to, leave the, to leave the gospel and not to let it saturate your heart. 
our sin and our idols, our idol worship, make us unclean. And Jesus says, in order for us to enter the kingdom of God, we must be born of water and born of the Spirit. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. And Nicodemus understands water. I think he understands water. He gets it, I think. I think this is, uh, because this would probably ring bells in his, ear, in his ears, all about ritual cleansing. And we see this in Numbers, uh, in, and uh, Andy's uh, touched on kind of the ritual cleansing, the necessity for that last week. Um, and we see that in Numbers, which is uh, in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And it says this, 1917, For the unclean person, put some ashes from burn purification offering into a jar and pour fresh water over them. Then a man who is ceremonially clean is to take some hyssop, dip it in the water, and sprinkle the tent and all the furnishings and the people who were there. That's ritual cleansing. So this idea of being born of water, this idea of being ceremonially, uh, ceremonially clean is not lost on Nicodemus. Nicodemus understands ritual, but what Nicodemus doesn't understand is relationship. You see, we can't only be cleansed of water, but we're to be born into a new life and into a new relationship with God the Father by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And when you think about, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, so for some people that's a really scary thing, uh, and to other people he's a really close friend, uh, and, and it's, you kind of have a, a whole swathe of uh, opinions in between those two kind of statements. Um, and so it, it, I'm not going to... I think you should just get into the word and, and, and understand that for yourself and apply that to yourself. But what I have been really touched by um, lately has been this. Uh, John shared at the start of this week was a podcast about the Asbury Revival. Has anybody heard anything about the Asbury Revival that's been going on in Asbury? Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I, do, do you know this... I, I would, well, firstly, a little bit of homework. I would just, if you want to, right now, grab your phones and scan that QR code. This is an amazing podcast just to listen to with a guy called Pete Gregg from 24-7 Prayer and the Rebuilders podcast. Um, it's an amazing uh, just conversation, really, about what's been going on there uh, and what, what, what this move of God has been birthed out of and what it's doing um, now. And I just find it amazing to think... Um, that uh, one of the things that struck me is that this move of God, this move of the Spirit in that place, has been um, led by a group of Gen Zs. I mean, that's uh, I, I, not, I, I don't know why I'm surprised at that, but um, I just think it's interesting. I think it's really, really interesting. And, and one of the things that Pete Gregg speaks about is this revival has been marked um, by a humility and by a desire for holiness. There's this worship, uh, this story actually about a worship leader in this podcast who, um, who uh, they've, you know, they've, this thing started as one uh, just chapel service on a, on a Wednesday morning and it never stopped. Well, it has stopped now, hasn't it? But um, I think they brought it to an end. I'm looking to, they just moved it, okay. Um, but they, uh, 
it just it just carried on going. And and so this band were just kind of playing, and people were kind of rotoring in and, and swapping in and out. It was amazing. Um, but this chap came along, and he said he said, "Oh, do you want me to? Um, do you want you, you guys look tired? Do you want me just to like help?" Uh, and they said, uh, "Yeah, I guess so. Like if you can just go get." Like prayed for, like consecrated, so that you can, so that you can come do this. Then that'd be great. And um, and he he goes off and does that, and he comes back, um, and uh, he's playing and he's leading, and he's quite, uh, by all accounts, quite a competent worship leader. Um, and uh, and then one about half an hour, in, this this young Gen Z taps him on the shoulder and says, uh, I mean, you've just got to you've got to watch this or listen to it. But he taps on the shoulder and just goes, I think I think it's time you come off. I just feel like your heart's not in the right place. And, um, and he goes, oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Um, and so he comes off and, and, uh, and, and off he goes for more prayer. And it's only after that they find out that he's actually one of the leaders of the, um, of the kind of the, the movement of that moment. Um, and, and, they, and they would just felt this deep sense of, oh, no, <laughs> what have we done? Um, but they, they said, oh, we're so sorry. Um, and he said, no, you were totally right. My heart was not in the right place. My heart wasn't in the right place. I would, just, I would really recommend listening to that. You see, you can't, uh, you, you can't coerce the Holy Spirit. You can't uh, buy relationship with God. You can't impress, you know, if we're speaking to one another, you can't impress uh, somebody to be your friend, can you? It doesn't work. It would be exhausting. It would tire you out. And Jesus explains that the spirit is like the wind and it blows wherever it pleases. And it's, it's blown upon, upon Asbury and, and that community there. It's a beautiful thing. Relationship with God, the Father, is through Jesus by the Holy Spirit and he comes to you. And perhaps you're here uh, thinking God wouldn't want relationship with me. Or maybe like Nicodemus uh, or like the other religious leaders, you're thinking, I've got it all together. We don't need you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right things in the right order and I don't have a need for, for this. The truth is, is that, and, uh, and this is what Jesus is saying, is unless we realize our utter dependence upon Jesus because of our sin, then we will never enter into relationship with God. And Tim Keller has this quote. He says, the gospel takes us into the dust and then it lifts us to the skies. I love that. If we're to know God, then we first must know the depths of our sin. And that's where we're going to join Nicodemus and Jesus again. So let's watch clip two together. A victorious man in the eyes of the world meets the victorious man. And we don't know, a hu- I mean, honestly, we don't really know a huge amount about Nicodemus. Uh, contrary to the clip uh, in Scripture, there's never such a defining moment where he goes, uh, or of commitment from Nicodemus. Uh, he's mentioned three times in Scripture, in John 3, that we've just looked at. Uh, later, um, he's mentioned um, in John 7, as he challenges the other Pharisees to take seriously the claims of Jesus. It's looking good for him. Uh, And then also in John 19, he and Joseph prepare uh, Jesus' body for for burial, for a Jewish burial. And so, 
yeah, it does. It, it, I've got opinions about whether uh, Nicodemus made a commitment, but I, I think that's for you to figure out yourself. So read your Bibles, figure that out. But um, my point is that according to Scripture, there is there's no dramatic U-turn moment. You know, like we might think about when we look at Matthew, the tax collector, who's called uh, and, 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 and leaves everything around him in that moment to follow Jesus. Nicodemus doesn't follow with the other 12 disciples. And... Um, we do, however, know that he was a man who was asking this question, who is this Jesus? And perhaps that's how that journey of constantly asking that question might be how some of us here this evening would describe our journey of faith. My encouragement to you is to keep on seeking and to keep on asking at the different stages, the different places, the different um, periods of our life to keep on asking, who is this Jesus to me now? And I think that the good news is that when we do, um, he comes to us, doesn't he? He comes to us and he embraces us and we can embrace him because of incredible love and grace. Perhaps you're here this evening thinking there's something that I need to get right with God. And repentance or just turning away from something and turning back to Jesus is a really a constant state that we're called to live in as Christians constant state of repentance and in a moment I'm going to pray for us and I'd love it um, uh, if, if you wanted to receive prayer through the final song um, if you felt that uh, God uh, or the Holy Spirit has just been pulling on uh, or placing his finger upon your life or pulling on your heart this evening such a weird phrase isn't it you know what I mean um, if he's if you if you just feel a, 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 a weight of a holy weight upon you this evening to do something um, fresh with Jesus. Commitment, recommitment, repentance. People would love to pray with you. Um, our faith, isn't it, is, is, often, a, um, is often, often a deeply personal thing. Um, but we are in community so that it's not just a private thing. And so... Uh, I'm just going to pray for us. Let's do that.